Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast brought to you by the Del Norte County Office of Education, Del Norte County Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the county and the district. So this marks our second podcast for the 22-23 school year. Last week, um, we had a great conversation, and we are following it up this week with a conversation on what parents can do to help prepare their children for the first days of school. And for those of you who have not been keeping track, um, next week is the last five days of freedom that your children have before school starts. Um, Now, some of you may be out there going, it's five days until you're free, but that's a different (laughs) conversation. So um, joining me today are Paige Swan, principal at Crescent Oak Middle School. Good afternoon. Angie Marshall, who is the principal of Mountain Elementary School and of the Long-Term Independent Study Program. Good afternoon. And Allison Eckert, principal at Del Norte High. Hello. So um, you guys have been already in the saddle now for what? week or two a week how's it feel to be back wonderful it's absolutely (laughs) wonderful i'll start i'm excited for this school year um you know it's been it's been a long haul and there's some some changes of policies um you know in our medical area i'm very happy to open up the doors and have full classes and kind of have some mask free policies at this time so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, well, you know, I have to say, this is kind of going to be a, quote, more normal start to the year. No vaccinations ho- hovering over everybody's head. Or no, no COVID vaccines, I should say, because there's still some other things. But no COVID vaccines, um, no mask requirements, uh, no distancing, none of that kind of stuff. And uh, th- that's going to be kind of nice. No, no contact tracing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Swan. So I was going to say, that's going to save a whole lot of families picking up calls at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I think it's just going to be a joyful to focus, have the primary focus again on education, right. on supporting and building you know, up our students and build up our, you know, our, it's so happy about the right focus. And yep. I know it was controversial and all that stuff, but I think it's neat to have an arrow going the direction right now. And it feels like we're all got that arrow going the right direction. Back to student learning. Yes. And this last weekend, I was fortunate uh, to attend one of our students' birthday parties. And this is when my excitement really increased because lo and behold, at this birthday party, there's cougars running all over the place. And so I was running into their parents. I was running into them. And I'm like, hey, what do you think? School's about to start. And their excitement really built my excitement. Oh, yeah. The parents were excited that they're going back to school, <laughs> that the kids were really ready to come back to school. So that was really neat to see. Yeah. No, and I think our kids have been. They have. I was at school today up a Mountain, and I had a little kindergartner register for for classes and she was so excited she wanted to know where the playground was so we took mm-hmm. her out there and showed her a classroom and all around the school so so they're just really excited to be back yeah well and you know what i think is so cool about that and we'll actually get to the topic of the podcast here in a few minutes but but the, the cool thing about this is all of these kids or a lot of these kids too have already been involved in two to four weeks of other summer learning programs and so it's not like they're looking forward to coming back because they haven't been doing anything for two or three months they've been fully engaged and they're still engaged 
right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, I attended the middle school uh, music concert on Friday and I saw 50 kids that were raring to go and excited to be there, building their confidence, building their social networks um, and really just looking like they loved and had a passion for learning. And um, it was it was just they had a huge audience and and you're right they they can't wait to go back right you know within two weeks and show Mr. Brogdon and mm-hmm. you know Miss uh, uh, Volta we know what they've learned it's great no that's cool well so let's talk about that so kids are ready to come back until the alarm clock rings at five or six in the morning and mm-hmm. they have to get up and get ready and get on a bus and for some of our kids they're getting on a bus at six in the morning so. We've got three different principals here from three different grade spans. What what are some recommendations based on your experience with uh, students? What are some recommendations you guys have that could really assist families in prepping their their children to come back to school and to be successful? So who wants to start? Do we go oldest to youngest, youngest to oldest? I'll start. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. So um, I got the younger span. So really they need to get on a routine, a, a bedtime routine, go to bed probably earlier than what they have been all this summer and set the alarm clock, make sure they're getting up so they could have enough time to get ready for school, um, have breakfast, maybe give them before you leave or know that they're going to have breakfast at school. Um, the other thing is that the younger kids, they have a shortened time span to eat lunch. So I would really recommend you kind of setting a timer when they go and have their lunch. Um, make sure that they can get it finished in 15 minutes or less. You know, they're going to have to clean up their trash, uh, make sure that they can open whatever it is that they're gonna, you're going to send them to school with. You know, at school they'll have little milk cartons, um, you know, the baggies, whatever you're going to send them to school with, make sure that they can actually do it themselves. So make sure you're practicing those skills with them. Um, Kids thrive on a schedule, so if you can somehow in the next couple of weeks get them, or a week, get them on a schedule um, where you're going to bed at the right time, you're getting up at the right time, you're having lunch, um, something structured. So those are helpful tips. Well, and I think, you know, when you talk about food, that's the other thing, too, because invariably, and well, and remember, and I think this is important for everybody to remember, we're still under the community eligibility provision. So... Every child in our district has a free breakfast, free lunch, and if they attend after-school programs, um, a free snack, and I believe they call it dinner, too. So um, that's there. So if if you don't have time to have breakfast at home or you just choose to let them have what they're having at school, every child can come to school and have breakfast and lunch. Um, but if you do send them for lunch. And I think this is the, the, the interesting part. We see a lot of kids and no judgments, but you know, a lot of kids will come in and they have a lot of sweets or they have some non-nutritional things that they bring. And that makes after lunch really hard, you know? So I would, I would just really recommend thinking about what you're bringing your, or what you're sending with your children, if they are going to bring a lunch so that they don't have that post-lunch crash. Like I have every afternoon around two or three o'clock. <laughs> Make sure they have a snack too. Yeah. Send them with a snack. So, Paige, yeah. as we move up the uh, age ranks, what are some recommendations you have? Well, I wanted to share with our, our families and our school community that um, when we talk about readiness and getting ready for school, that it's not a state of knowledge, but a state of mind. Yep. And that's what we really need to get our kids focused on is this state of mind. You know, 
back when I went to kindergarten, if I knew my ABCs and I could count and identify colors, uh, that might mean that I was ready for kindergarten. But we always know it's been more complicated than that. And with this new brain research, uh, research that is helping us understand um, what readiness really is, readiness doesn't mean just knowing the academic basics. It means the child has a willing attitude and confidence in the process of learning and a healthy state of mind. And so that's, that's real critical. So we, we really want our, our families to help their children gain this state of mind and being responsive, uh, responsive to all the areas of the child's development, whether it's physical, emotional, social, cultural, language, uh, and cognitive, of course. So children are born with a great ability to learn and grow. Different kinds of abilities, you know, they each have for sure, but abilities that individually and together constitute the miracle of humanity. So we're really looking forward to this year and getting everyone with this growth mindset and what I'm going to call this year, getting the right state of mind. Well, and you know, it's really interesting too, because I think about my own kids going to school and um, a, a lot of it too has to do with the mindset that they walk in in the morning with, right? So really, I mean, it's, it's cues from family members, it's cues from brothers and sisters, it's cues from other students that they may run into on the bus or whatever that looks like. And so, you know, I think really it's not just a growth mindset for the student. I think it's a growth mindset for all the adults in the student's life too, right? That they can be successful. They are going to do well and, and helping to kind of promote that because sometimes I know a lot of times in, as adults, we tend to look at what's wrong that I can help fix instead of first asking, hey, how's it going? You know, what? tell me something great that happened today. You know, so. And that is an, one of the key eight readiness skills is having those talks. And you'll hear some people reference it as a contact talk. Yeah. And those are real important. Yeah. So, Allison, what's it look like in high school? What, what What's your biggest piece of advice? Oh, wow. Um, I would say listen to my colleagues here at the table. Um, get the <laughs> procedures and the routines down, you know, think about the foods and the nutrition, you know, plan for that. You know, get ready for the long bus rides. Um, have a great state of mind, you know, and, and, and a can do and, and, and win, not an if and things like that. Um, at the high school, you know, it's so challenging. It's such a huge transition um, from eighth grade to ninth grade. And some things that people aren't aware of is, um, you know, our teachers don't communicate the same way as mm -hmm. a junior high teacher might. And so there's, 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 there's that fear. There's that, Oh, I expected something. Um, and so we need to kind of work with me as a partner to say, what, what do we need to do to help my parents? You know, cause right. it's kind of like kindergarten. It was worse for my husband when he sent our daughter to kindergarten <laughs> than it was for her. It's kind of the same thing for yeah. high school parents. You know, a lot of us maybe had carrying some of that mindset from when we were in high school. Um, you know, and, and having that, that target conversation of what was great today, somebody, you know, something good happened today. Um, you know, so, so, you know, kind of dropping, being open to the, that mm -hmm. opportunity for your child. And then, um, you know, we, we, on a more tangible note, we do require kids to dress down for PE at the freshman year. So PE and dance will require some clothes. You'll have about a week to go to get those. Mm -hmm. We don't have uniforms. It's just sneakers and sweats or shorts. So it's pretty mellow what the kids already have. And how do we remind our students to do that? How are we encouraging that? Are we, you know, do we providing that for them? And if you need assistance, are you, you know, do we know where to go for help? Which is right. to call me and to call the school. 
So, uh, you know, but I would love to, you know, I'm excited about, you know, binders and paper and pencils, but then I go, wait, we have Chromebooks. So, you know, a charged Chromebook, (laughs) please. But, But, you know, I think that is a question too. And we hear that a lot. What does my, what does my child need to bring with them on the first day? And I know that when I was a teacher and a principal, parents and, and at our schools, you know, we always said, don't bring anything the first day. Let Just send your child. Let us get them in the process. And then we'll work through all that. So, um, and for a lot of parents, that's hard to hear. That's kind of like when you say, we don't do homework here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but are there things that they should bring with them the first day of school for any of you? themselves i mean and and the best self that they can give um please consider not bringing your cell phones that will help us out a lot uh but um you know bring a willing attitude bring open-mindedness bring a spirit of i can um and and um a spirit of collaboration of i'm looking forward to seeing my friends i'm looking forward to this but i I know it all sounds kind of high I don't know what that sounds like I know parents you want to hear pencils and binders <laughs> you know parents you know if you Do, need to bring what, pencils what, remember how it was? it was it was it was the binder with a pencil pouch two yes. col- two blue two black you know five dividers the five dividers <laughs> that, that's not necessarily where we are anymore I know. I know. So so I would I would say I'm a proponent of bring yourself and when you do that you've already won. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I know a lot of um K-5 teachers just want the kids. They will, they love the donations as like a class, but lots of teachers don't want you to actually send individual things with your student or talk to your teacher and just say, hey, what can I do for you? You know, what can I bring for the class or what can I bring for my child? Give them a week after school to figure that out because I know that the teachers will have things first day. I mean, we always that's what we buy with our you know our money we make sure we have crayons and colored pencils and markers and oh, yeah. everything that they're going to need and then some so um if you could just donate things to the classroom i think that would be amazing well and i think that's an interesting point angie because we've got some very caring very giving parents in our community yes, i mean we do. very 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 much so and i think one of the misperceptions is there just aren't there're just no materials out there well, under free and appropriate public education, we make sure that every child has what they need in the classroom. Plus, teachers have classroom supply budgets and schools have supply budgets. And so, um, like you said, those donations, there are some really unique things or there are some things that people may want more of. But um, I think when kids just show up that first day ready to learn, ready to engage without worrying about, you know, who has the best notebook. And who's got, because remember, remember the conversations, who has the Ticonderoga pencil versus the other ones? <laughs> Those yeah. are the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and it's just easier, you know, if everybody kind of starts on that same footing. Uh, Paige, do you have anything to get in Well, there? of course, I would like to add that, you know, I have ran uh, across some parents and students that just have to have a list for their right. grade level. And so I want them to know, stop by the office. We do have a list of options. But we also want you to know we're going to provide that stuff. Yeah. So if you have to have a list, stop by. We'll give you one. My wife was kind of the list person. but <laughs> So, Angie, you know, we'll flip back over to you for a minute because we're kind of talking about traditional schooling here. Mm-hmm. But you're also into year two of really kind of thinking about some options that we have for students and families 
who, for whatever reason, uh, whether it's still COVID or if it's some other um, purpose, are really looking more at long-term independent study. So can you share a little bit about kind of what that's going to look like and where parents can get a little bit more information about it and let us know if they're interested? Sure. Um, we have um, on our websites, dnusd.org slash is, it has a survey. Um, it's just really an informational service for me um, to let me know that you're interested. We um, Last Tuesday and Wednesday, we had information nights for the high school and TK8. So um, those recordings are on the website as well. Um, like Mr. Harris said, it's not just for COVID. It's if you feel like your student learns better at home um, with your support, you can choose long-term independent study. We have phenomenal teachers that are there to support your kids. We've got um, a program called Ingenuity that we're working through. You have, if we do TK has an option of um, workbooks. So if you would like the traditional almost, um, you know, you get your workbook, you check in with your teacher, um, You we have that option, but we also have our online program, which is through Ingenuity. Um, sixth through eighth grade has their classes online and they have one of our teachers as a mentor. Um, they have Zooms every, pretty, practically every day. They've got office hours. Um, they're very easy to reach by phone or text. Um, let's see what else we've got so much. We also, the, one of the big things that we had for our long-term independent study school is that you, you're, you belong to your homeschool, but you also belong to our program. So if you are a mountain student and you still want to go on our river trip in, in May or June and you're in long-term independent study, you can still do that. You can mm -hmm. still participate in the activities at the school, the um, open houses, the, all the things that we do regularly. Um, but you can also be on long-term independent study. And I think that's a relatively new piece, right? Because either you were part of this goal or you weren't. This allows you to do long-term independent study and still be a student at the school. Mm -hmm. So um, so we've got the the information nights are posted. We have the survey that we're asking folks to fill out. Um, and given any sort of, uh, um, you know, huge amount of interest, we may actually also have to limit the program because we do have a limited number of teachers. Um, but if that's the case, then we do have some other of our other programs that are out there um, that we could always point folks to. So kind of as we're, as we're looking ahead, what, what are some of the barriers that I know that you guys face in reaching out to families the first couple of weeks? I know one of the big ones is like contact information, right? How, how are you getting a hold of families? Well, typically that doesn't happen, um, you know, widespread throughout our t entire student body. But mm -hmm. we start picking it off as families are coming in or we run into them. You know, it's constant reminders. Um, we we should this week send out a, a some kind of robo dial, some kind of communication asking for that information to come. But now, so Paige, I, I think what I'm thinking right there though is if if you're going to send out a robo dialer and they don't get a call, chances are they probably don't. You probably don't have their phone number, right? Yeah. Well, that would definitely tell us the number's wrong. Yeah. But it might catch an email that's changed. Ah, uh, okay. You know, so like I said, there's there's got to be many avenues to try and get that. That's a year long. 
project, right. just trying to keep that demographic information, you know, up to par. Um, and it's going to take several, several people to help with that, including right. our office technicians, our clerical assistant, school secretary, the vice principal, my, myself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a daunting task because um, sometimes it doesn't get updated right. as soon as, you know, we would hope for and we get returned mail and it just causes delays in communication, which we don't want to see. I'm going to interrupt here too. Um, I agree with everything that Paige said, and it is challenging. I think from my point of view right now, um, it is a safety issue for me. If I cannot contact a mm-hmm. parent or a guardian um, and have accurate information, it, it's a safety issue. So I am asking all parents to, you know, if you have moved, if you have a new phone number, if any of that is true, please call our secretaries. Please call our secretaries. Please call our secretaries. Um, if there's an emergency that is school-wide, and, and you don't get the information, you're going to get the information probably from a source that might not be credible. And we want accurate information going out for safety. Right. Well, and, and so, like you said, call in, right? I mean, that's, that's huge. And then um, Michael Hawkins, our director of communications, is also sitting down here at the end of the table. Hey, Jeff. Uh, Michael, are they, they can also go online to Aries. Absolutely. And view their contact info to see if we have the right info. Yes. If they've already set up an account, right. they can go on to their students. Uh, they can go through their, their parent portal, view their students' contact information through Aries. If they have not yet set that up, that can also be made available to them by going to dnusd.org slash communications, and they'll go through a process of how they can set up their parent Aries account and gain access to that information and grades and other things. Okay. Well, because I, I, I do think that contact piece is huge because I know what, what's going to come up the first few weeks of school is if a child is incorrectly marked absent because some kids, you know, may not show up for a class because they get lost on the way, which, again, that's another tip I would give parents, especially if you're going to be at a middle school, high school, a bigger location. Um, maybe the weekend before school starts, walk your walk your children through campus so they kind of get a feel of where things are. Um, but, um, for a variety of reasons, we may need to get a hold of folks that first few weeks, even if it's to say, Hey, here's our open house or, or to remind you, for instance, that Monday, September 5th is a holiday. There may be an all call that goes out about that. So, um, get onto your portal, double check, make sure your contact information is there. Uh, and this is a great time to do it because Allison, you talked about emergencies, right? We we hope that we don't have those really serious things that happen in our schools like we've seen in other places. But we also know that later in the fall, we'll sometimes have weather-related incidents that happen, a road closure or whatever. So it's really important that we're able to get a hold of folks. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, we are running out of time. We're about out of time. So I just want to remind everybody too, one of the... Um, biggest things uh, is for those of you who ride bus or have children who ride buses to school, um, you will need to register your children for the, for the buses. Uh, We have some information posted um, from last Monday's update. You can see on the families page. Also, you can go directly to dnusd.org slash transportation. And there is the enrollment form there. And if you have not enrolled your child, and this is really for um, um, transitional kindergarten, kindergarten, and folks new to our area, you can go to dnusd.org slash enrollment for forms, for documents, for those kind of things. Um, Or you can stop by 
any of our schools, whether you live there or not, or in that zone or not, and they can give you the form. Or you can swing by the district office at 301 West Washington, where the building right here by the football field, in between the football field and the fire hall. Um, and we can help you with that as well. So any last thoughts, Angie Page Allison, on getting ready for school? Vaccinations. Oh, that's true. Uh, for TDAP. For Not, TDAP. Yeah. yeah, no COVID vaccines. Don't don't think we're talking COVID vaccines, but other vaccinations are still required. Yeah, we, we really want to encourage our families to get the immunization for that TDAP and varicella. That is really held up typically on average 75 kids from entering their classroom on the first day. Wow. So we really want to reduce that number, preferably to zero. Uh, we want everyone to also know that our doors always open. Um, if you need to talk to someone in administration, stop by. If uh, you can't stop by, please call. Don't wait. We want to you know partner with you and, and, and get off, uh, get this ball rolling in the right direction. And if you're new to our area, please call the school. I'd love to give you a tour. All of our fifth graders made it there in May for their school tour. Um, and so uh, we want to make sure everyone gets that chance to walk around on the inside of the building. Perfect. And Paige, I was going to, just before we started this too, you were talking about vaccinations and you had said that uh, we've had some partners, like some of the pharmacies have done vaccinations in the past. Um, maybe, maybe some of the other uh, facilities like UIHS or Open Door. So if, if families still need those vaccinations for seventh grade or TK or kinder entry, they can uh, reach out to those folks and see what they have going. Or um, you can call us here at the district office at 464-6141. Ask for our um, nurse's office and folks there in our health office can give you more information about where you may be able to find those vaccines. A couple more announcements. Go for it. All right. Um, we're real excited that Redwood Medical is going to provide free physicals for junior high athletic uh, athletes. That'll be September 7th. That's a Wednesday from 3 to 5, and that will be at Redwood Medical. So please stop by uh, your school and pick up that packet um, so the doctor can complete that. Also, Crescent Elk's open house for sixth grade is going to be August 24th, 530 to 7. And we are um, going to provide dinner, so please come hungry. And then our seventh and eighth grade open house is going to be August 25th from 530 to 7. So, And then, of course, um, Friday is a meet and greet uh, from two to three for anyone that did miss that back to school uh, event or open house back to school, and, I guess. And Allison, don't you have a, um, we're having a new parent, um, orientation. So on August 25th in the evening, we're going to have it on the lawn. So bring your own lawn chairs. Uh, we did this last year. It was very warm. Uh, so it is weather dependent, but, uh, we'll answer all your questions and present the information to you. And then we're going to be scheduling private tours. Um, so families, about five families at a time, just go with a teacher or one of my counselors or one of the admin and we'll tour your classes. We're going to wait until the schedules come out. Which does that cost printed. more? Does not cost more. Okay. This is free to you. This is, this is a free and appropriate public education. Education, uh, but we're very excited because we want um, we want to build the relationships early, and we believe that having smaller groups um, will be a little bit more uh, intimate, and a lot uh, have a lot more impact on your child. And I know many many elementary schools are having their meet and greet their teachers from two to three on Friday. Um, my long term independent study program is having what we call a boot camp, um, so you can get your technology. Um, we're going to have IT there so you can run through how to log into your computer, how to log into Ingenuity, um, all of those things. Um, you can fill out the survey and register for 
um, long-term independence study. That's um, the 22nd from 9 to 11 and 5 to 7. That's here at the district office in the Azalea room. And then we have another one on the 26th from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So a lot of stuff, a, a lot of ways to get students engaged, a lot of ways to get families engaged. But then again, some some kind of tips for families to start getting kids ready to come back to school. Because I don't know about you guys, and I didn't get much vacation over the summer, but when I did get that week off, even coming back the next Monday when the, hearing the alarm go off, it was like, oh my gosh, is it really time? <laughs> much less, you know, having to come back and 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 after having been able to kind of be on my own schedule for, you know, two or three months if I was a student. So um, thank the three of you for coming in. I know that you're swamped with everything going on at your school sites, getting things prepared. We've had new teachers come back today. Um, your site secretaries are back today. So your school buildings are now open for folks. And uh, we're, we're on the course once again. So again, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having us.